Hi, my name's Sam Adams and thank you for listening to my podcast. It starts with you. This podcast is about mindset. It's about personal development and ultimately that we are 100% responsible for pretty much everything in our lives. And nothing happens until we decide, we choose and we make a decision and pull the trigger to get things started. Look, when I listen to that and I think about that, it starts with you. It can seem a bit harsh, especially in hard times when it can be quite daunting and overwhelming to think that we are 100% responsible. But it's a good thing. It empowers us and it puts us in control. And part of the idea of this podcast is to help you with that. In this podcast, I'll interview some great human beings, business owners from all walks of life who will share their stories and their journeys and what It All Starts With You means to them. Welcome to the It Starts With You podcast and I'm streaming this one live into my Facebook page and my guest today is phenomenal. Um... I've only known this lovely lady for this year, I think. This year I've got to know her. It's been amazing. We haven't even met in person, but we've spoke many times. And I was absolutely delighted when she agreed to be on the podcast. So please, without further ado, let me welcome to the podcast the one and only, the queen bee that is, Danny Wallace. I love it. I want you to follow me around everywhere and introduce me, Sam. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. Do you know what's really lovely is to be in this space with you. Like at the time that we're recording this, it's the run up to Christmas. I'm so excited. And I get to speak to all of my like incredible friends in business doing yeah. all of these podcasty things. And I'm just made up to be here. So thank you for having me. No, it's my pleasure. It's absolutely my pleasure. I don't even know where to start because you know what? I can talk a lot. I'm pretty sure you could do the same. A little bit. Oh, I have to really try and condense things down. We're going to stay focused, Sam. We're going to stay focused. I've got you. We've got each other. Yeah, let's try and be serious if we can. Um, But rather than me introduce you to um, to the listeners and to anyone that's watching, why don't you do it? Who is Danny Wallace? So... um, so my name is Danny Wallace and I am the Queen Bee, which is a completely audacious statement. It's a ridiculous statement to make uh, when you meet new people. And actually, it's much, much less about me um, and much, much more about the people that I come across. So when the statement, I am the Queen Bee, is is a reclamation of, of wealth, of abundance, of love, of self-love, and all of those things that actually are our birthrights. I was born on the council states of Preston and I was furious when I found out the queen was born the queen she was born into this kind of abundance she was born into this you know this way of being this way of living I was like well I want a bit of that too I didn't get a say where I was born into and you know we weren't quite so fortunate so I am the queen bee is much more about allowing yourself to be tenacious and take back that birthright of success and abundance so what I do now is I help particularly women in business although I'm an inclusive brand I just tend to attract women to work with me um but I tend to work with um 
people in business that want to share their business and mission message in 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 my experience growing up in my experience kind of growing into who I am now there were times when I weren't using my voice and I weren't um you know articulate myself in a way that was helpful <laughs> to anybody including myself um and then when I it, when I'd kind of come through that create success for myself often you know success leave clues and survivors serve and that's what I do now so yeah. I help people I'm a public speaking coach and I have the privilege of working with some incredible people in the media celebrities you know international like global entrepreneurs multiple six and seven figure earners and also my core audience are people that have businesses people that are just starting out people that are growing people that are scaling um so I've got this really wide audience now of people who are choosing to fly anyway and that's really um, sort of the underpinning message from my whole business is that no matter where you come from or what it is that you know you've experienced so far in your life you get to choose your outcomes and that's yeah. really what it is that I'm about and I think that's why I love you because it's about you understand that it is you get to choose it's just about taking that responsibility and taking right. the power and all of that juicy shit that we have that sometimes we forget that we've got um, so that I think that's why I was drawn to you and some stuff that was going on uh, around Black Lives Matter and and the big festoon and all of the yes. stuff that you've done um, and that kind of drew me to you and I was like who is this lady I need to know her I need to know her and now I do um, and now we're now we're online buddies and then as soon as we can we're going to meet up and like yeah, hug yeah. in rooms <laughs> yeah, I've got a... I love it that's my that's my bird one <laughs> <laughs> this is old and faded. It used to have nice lots of red in it, but I have a crown tattoo, and that's been on there a fair while. Oh, I it's love it. Um, but anyway, look. So you're now an international speaker. You're a speaker coach. Um, you do mentoring. You are. Oh, and also you are a singer. I am a singer. Yeah. Although I've forgotten. I've not forgotten how to sing. Um. But I've I've not done a gig since the start of lockdown. March 2020 was the last time that I sang. Because I don't know you as a singer. I just know you as the Wise Up, Rise Up show. Um, <laughs> and that's where I first saw you. So I don't yeah. know about this whole life before. Because you're quite a kind of big deal now. You're, you're doing I'm kind of a big deal. I'm <laughs> famous in my old front room. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mate, so am I, but it doesn't matter. Um, but you are. And, you know, you're, you've been in the papers. You know, obviously, you did the big festoon, which was amazing. I know you've got your book out now, which is amazing. You've got some big things coming in 2021. You're a big fucking deal. Own it, lady. Own it. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> yes, you are. But what happened? So what I want to know is, because obviously the podcast is called It Starts With You. Right. And and you talked about that a little bit around choice, and, and I talk about it a lot about responsibility. But yeah. what happened before all of this, I guess, to lead you to this and then to want to share that message with the world and live by that message, I guess? Yeah, it was... Um... I think one of the, like you say, the, the same the same thing draws me to you as as what draws you to me is that the your reactions and your actions dictate your outcome regardless of whatever situation you've experienced. Now, for me, the situations that I experienced in my formative years, in my teens, in my late teens and early adulthood, were really a result of other people's stories. Right. was really a result of who I grew up around and 
as a child, you were born a blank canvas, perfect baby with, you know, with no stories. You haven't got any stories yet. You only have the stories that belong to those people around you. And the the problem was where I grew up, the stories that belonged to the people that were around me were not very healthy stories. They, They were, you know, we were situationally and generationally poor. We were situationally and generationally not very good at relationships. You know, if I look at all of the relationships that I was surrounded with when I was a child into my late childhood, teenage years I can't remember one healthy relationship you know where people oh, they've got a really good strong marriage yeah. you know domestic abuse was rife uh, alcoholism was rife the obesity was rife and these were all self-worth and and belief and neglect stories that the grown-ups around me were carrying that I as a sponge was just watching and absorbing oh because so this is life is it okay so good relationships weren't for me success wasn't for me because it wasn't for anybody else if I was going to make any money it was going to be hard one we was have to work really really hard to get any kind of money you know nice holidays and big houses they weren't for me none of those things so when I was but there was this little bit of me Sam that was like why not <laughs> why aren't they for me yeah. Why can't they be for me? That what is it about everybody that is around me? Not one person was alternative, and that maybe, in fact, no one. One of my uncles, um, had completely left the area in yeah. order for him to go and pursue whatever it was that he wanted to do. I didn't really have anything to do with it, and it, it kind of makes sense to me now why he did that. Because yeah. if you're surrounded by people, and I and I share this now when I talk about overcoming self sabotage, you are some of the people that you surround yourself with so if I look at everybody who was surrounding themselves with each other as they were as they were you know kind of growing up and then having babies and those babies were growing up they weren't telling themselves very good stories nobody did anything to the contrary so then that informed a lot of the decisions that I made when I moved into adulthood so I when I was 16 I found that I could sing and singing forms a huge part of my story Sam and this is a real example of when you stop talking about what it is that you do very quickly people forget it's only been seven or eight nine months even though it's been March for about a year and a half now hasn't it yeah but like it's only been six seven or eight months that I've not been consistently talking about singing for new people to come into my life and not realize that it is that I'm a singer crazy that's and that has formed a huge part of who I am like I am a singer and people will be seeing more of that in in 2021 without uh, which is really exciting but um, so I essentially, when I was 16, ran away with the circus, not really with the circus. but, but... Yeah, I went to sing. I, I, I thought, well, I'm never going to be able to afford to go on holiday and travel to nice places. I'm going to get paid to do it instead. Yeah. So I'm going to audition for places. And so I did. I went and sang well, all over the world at an incredible time. But Sam, it wasn't a proper job. And people like us didn't go on to become entertainers, never less successful entertainers. Uh, people like us didn't do that, remember. I had to come back and get an in parentheses, a proper job. So I did. And and I think what I tried to do, Sam, is create the stability for myself that I didn't really have in the chaos that I was growing up with. So yeah. in my mind, I was like, right, if I've got to get a proper job, then I need a proper family and I need a proper house and I need all these proper things that proper people do, the real people not the people who don't do these things. So I was hell-bent on creating this. So this, like, husband-shaped hole 
and filled it with the first man that was kind to me, <laughs> regardless of whether he was ready for anything. Yeah, and yeah. we had a baby, we bought a house, we got engaged, we sent out the invites to our wedding that was all bought and paid for. And this poor guy woke up one morning and he went, I don't want any of this. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for him to say that. In fact, I thought I was probably going to be the one that left him. You know, how, how old were you at this point then? We were just early 20s, very early 20s. Right. So you had a young child. Yeah, because we had a baby. She was just a couple of months old. She wasn't very old at all, Poppy, my eldest. Uh, but he just left. He literally woke up one Sunday morning and went, I don't want any of this. And within a week, he'd gone. And we, we've not really seen him since. Um, but you can imagine that left me feeling really vulnerable. But it really spoke to the story that I had was that I am not worthy of a good relationship. People like us, remember, don't have good relationships. Yeah, yeah. So what happened very quickly after in that vulnerability, I'm seeking external validation. Right. Yeah. I'm seeking other people yeah. to to pick me up. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So very quickly, I got into another relationship that very quickly turned sour, and I was um, and I experienced domestic abuse and later on domestic violence. Mm. Um, had a baby during that time because uh, that's one of the sometimes that's one of the symptoms of, of uh, domestic abuse is that the perpetrator will often kind of get you pregnant in order to anchor you so they can do the things that they want to do. Um, so yeah, I had two. Two little girls, beautiful little girls, Poppy and Daisy, me flowers, under the age of three, and we had a court intervention to get um, to get out of that situation. Um, but very quickly after that, found myself homeless because yeah. I was on that breadline bit. So I had a great job in corporate, with really great job. I was working in the HR facility. I was doing training and leadership stuff. So it was it was a proper job, but a proper job. Family, but that obviously wasn't. No, absolutely. All of these proper things that I'd had that I built myself up for weren't really what, yeah, they were what they made out to be. So this great job here, but actually to keep my two children in nursery so that I could work in the proper job, it was keeping me on my knees because we was at I was at that bit where you're earning not enough to get any help, yeah, but also not enough to do anything else with other than breathe. So I, having the two kids in full time nursery was like a mortgage two mortgages because there was two of them um so yeah so we so i was at this great job and we're going to food banks and this yeah. great job and i've got no home i'm sofa surfing with my two little girls it was crackers absolutely crackers wow. and it got to the point sam where i was I, I took my little girls in to bed one night and they were at my mum's and I was going down to London because I would work out of London a couple of days. I was very lucky that I had the network, that the support network. So I had my mum and my sister and a couple of friends and we'd stay at the house. Were you well, not seeing at all at this time either, though? I was. Was I not? Were you not singing at all? It was just your corporate job? No, absolutely yeah. not. I'd stopped singing a long time ago. I'd stopped doing anything that was creative or for me in, in that way because there was nobody to look after the kids of a night time. And it was it was deemed a frivolous thing to do so I'd completely yeah. stopped singing that was it was a, a given that I just didn't sing anymore so yeah. because people like us don't want to be entertainers if you remember so like it it was even if I could earn money singing it wasn't a proper job so there was no validation in it so I couldn't do it it wasn't allowed right. so so I had to work in a job in order for people to look after my kids if that makes sense yeah so um so I, I tucked my kids into bed one night and I went and got in the car and I sat in the car and it was like out of a movie. It was raining outside and I'm crying in the car because I didn't I, I didn't want to die. That's not what I wanted. I didn't know how to live though, Sam. 
I didn't right. know yeah. how I was going to I was going to carry on because it wasn't going to end very well because life was happening to me. I was just rolling with the punches. Yeah, thinking, just surviving. Yeah, what else is going to happen to me? And I'm in this real victim space. And it was there that I decided that either life was going to continue happening to me and that wasn't going to end well for either me or life. Mm. Um, or I was going to have to start happening to life. I was going to have to start taking some responsibilities that every single thing that had happened, and this was the bitter pill to swallow, every single thing that had happened had been as a result of a decision that I had made. Yeah. And so that, that actual moment, though, do you see that as a real pivotal moment? Gosh, it was it was like if someone was to, I imagine, I don't know who would play me in in a film, but that, yeah. but that scene I could write. Who would play you in a film? Who would play you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who would play. It would have to be someone with relatively funny bones. It would have to be one of those comedy actresses who you didn't know was going to play an incredible... You remember when Jim Carrey started to play serious roles and everyone was like, yeah. my God, he's an incredible actor. Where did that exactly, come from? Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I would need that. I know. Oh, I can't remember what her name is. Melissa. Melissa McCarthy. Yes. Yes. Right. So Melissa yes. McCarthy would be perfect. Yes. So people see her as a comedy actress. She's got comedy bones. So do I, but there's this realness that yeah. I would want from the actress that, like, so, well, we've cast it already for the film of my life. That'll happen. Brilliant. Brilliant. No doubt. <laughs> but, yeah, there was, I remember sitting in the car going, I think I've just made a decision to change my life. Wow. I think that's just what's happened here. I think I've just decided that this is no longer for me. I can't do this anymore. I can't. I've got to do something that changes. Yeah. And, you know, I started to ask for help because I'd not asked for help because I was ashamed. I was ashamed I was homeless. It's a great job. People think I was doing great. Or oh, you're all right. You're on like 40 grand a year, something like that. Yeah. And I was I was absolutely on my knees. Weren't asking anybody, weren't telling anybody. The only people that knew that anything was happening was my mum, my sister, very few close friends. And they... Take responsibility and go... Yeah, I've got, I've got to do this now. Yeah. And... And once I started to build myself back up again and I started to do lots of personal development, I started to change what I was consuming in terms of media as well, stopped watching a lot of telly, started listening to a lot of podcasts, started listening to a lot of audible, you know, audible stuff, started um, going to events and, and filling my cup up that way, came out of corporate, started working for myself, started building myself back up, got a great relationships, started making better choices for myself. And then once I started building myself back up, I was like, ah, so this is how you do it. You get to choose. And then if I could just share with other people that they could choose too. And this is like what you do now. It starts with yeah. me. Yeah. If I can just help other people realize that they are powerful enough to make decisions about what it is that they can do with themselves, with their bodies, with their relationships, with their money, yeah. that you are reclaiming your birthright to success. You are then the right. queen or king or royal person that yeah. you are. You've just got to be tenacious about it. You get to choose. So I'm going to choose success for myself now. I'm going to choose abundance for myself now. I'm going to choose love for myself now, for myself and for people that are giving me the love. I'm going to accept the love from people. So, yeah, it became everything became yeah. a choice. Brilliant. I love that. I love that about you. One thing I want to ask you, though, on the back of that is, you obviously, you started engaging in um, sort of personal development and different podcasts and things. Yeah. What what influenced you the most around that time? Was there a particular speaker or podcast or book? Was there, yeah. what kind of influenced you? Yeah, there were, there were a couple. They're like, in my mind, they're like the, the Avengers 
of of mindset like i could just they're like the superheroes of the <laughs> personal development world yeah. so um a huge access point for a lot of people with personal development uh, is tony robbins yeah um and i was introduced to his concepts and started uh like get the edge and un i went to an unleash the power within in real oh, life wow. event was amazing um wayne dwyer is a really incredible influence for me taught me a lot about forgiveness taught me a lot about the forgiveness of self yeah. the the shedding of um th this sounds quite deep but the shedding of the construct around us and understanding that actually none of it matters and as soon as you understand that none of it matters and that we just need to connect that's all we need because that's all we need from each other is as soon as we start living like that things get much more peaceful and much less frantic and from that you you start to work in flow and from flow you start to work in abundance and it all it all sorts it rolls on from each other uh louise um sorry lisa nichols um yeah. is a part of my event she's incredible she's and i know that you two are connected um yeah. There's a, uh, oh God, what's his name? <laughs> oh, he's one of my favorite people. You know him as well. You spoke, you speak to him. Oh, what's oh, his man. name? Les Les, oh my God, Les Brown. Yeah. <laughs> and all I can hear in my head is I'm hungry. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's Les. That's Les. Yeah, that's Les. But, but, hearing, but hearing him talk, doing his I'm hungry talk years ago was one of the things I heard eight, nine years ago that completely changed my life about him being a DJ and him having all of his tapes ready and he just took someone to go down like ill and he was ready, like he was hungry. And I was like, that was me. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, this is what's happened to me this year. In fact, Les has a direct impact on what everybody sees from I Am The Queen Bee right now yeah. is that I had years where I was, okay, I'm safe, I'm stable, I have a house, I've got tax credits, I'm earning just enough. Yeah just enough but all the while i'm learning all the while i'm building all the while i'm writing all the while i'm safe i've kept myself safe but all the while i'm thinking okay so what we're going to do i'm going to plan my strategy and as soon as i was ready and i knew everything i was able to arrive like this because i was hungry in all those years yes i had to keep a glass ceiling to keep us all safe yeah but actually as soon as i knew all the things that i needed to know as soon as i'd ingested and digested everything that i needed to do then i wasn't hungry anymore i was just ready so yeah. then when i was just ready i was able to fly like i'm doing right now and, and meet you and 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 do these incredible things that i get these extraordinary ridiculous things that i do now um was it was as a result of directly of les uh, so if i look at my if, in my avengers like pack jensen yeah, yeah. chero who wrote you are a badass yeah, um, yeah. And you are a badass at making money. Again, like her two books were really pivotal because I didn't know that I had a relationship with money yeah, or what that looked like or that I needed to love money again and not in an uncouth way, like I'm mm -hmm. greedy, but in a, it's just an energy. I was putting so much fear in money's hands. People do, people do. Yeah, so know, I grew up with, uh, you know, we had, you know, I didn't grow up on a council estate or anything like that, but we didn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. but my parents very much, or especially my mum came from a lack mindset. Right. So mindset. Um, and so I've had to work on my relationship with, with yeah. money. And we all have a relationship with money, but we don't realise it. And I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. You just <laughs> didn't know that it was a thing. It is. So, I mean, so how did you change then? Because obviously, what did you start doing to to 
to build this the queen bee empire was that the thing right i'm gonna i'm gonna build the queen bee empire i'm i'm gonna be a speaker i'm gonna teach people to speak i'm gonna yeah. teach people to... <laughs> what was the first thing what i know what the kind of the pivotal moment was when you decided to change your life right what was the catalyst as in terms of business and creating the things that you've created what came first so the first thing that i did was came out of corporate i wanted to work for myself i wanted to understand what that was because there was a lot of fear there's a lot of stability when you work for somebody else you know that the money's coming in every month you know exactly how much money is coming in every month but you also know there is no more money coming yeah. in at the end of every month so you only have that money there is so yes it's coming in but there's no more that's it that's all you're getting and i was like we okay. what I mean as well don't we we always live right up to the wire just up to the wire right yeah. and yeah. and I was like, well, I want to explore what it would be like to have the potential to earn, to choose how much I was earning, or at least to have a say in it, yeah. you know, and then yeah. at least if I know that I can definitely live on X amount of money a month, then that's the base rate, then let's see if I can do more. And it turns out that, yes, well, indeed I could. So I started singing again. So I came out of corporate. I actually got sacked because I was turning up and doing the least amount of work for the most amount of money I possibly could get away with whilst hating every second of being yeah. in a particular employment. I just did. I just hated it. I loved the fact that I got to lead, but the expectation was that I managed people. I didn't want to manage people. I wanted to lead. Yeah. But people, when they go to work, they want to be managed. They want to be told what to do. They want to, I don't want to tell people. I'm not asked. Yeah. I, want to tell people, I can tell people what they can do and then it's up to them if they do it. I don't yeah, want to be yeah. the person with the stick kicking their ass and kicking them out, <laughs> disciplining them. If they don't, that's on them. So which is yeah. why this works really brilliantly now is that people employ me and I will share with them the good things. And then it's up to them to go and do them and we get yeah. to celebrate at the end. It's much yeah. healthier relationship for me. I don't want to manage anybody. So I came out, built my singing business, um, which was which was brilliant and exhausting because anybody who's worked for themselves will know that you've got your nose to the floor um you 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 know you can go into you know, uh, working in an office and work 40 hours on somebody else's time or 80 hours on your own time exactly. yeah. still the 80 hours were worth every hour spent because i loved it i was jumping out of bed for it i was excited for it i was hungry for it so yeah. i was singing but i was singing at the weekends so i had this time in the week where i had these great skills that i'd learned with 15 years in corporate i was like really great personality profile sales training um customer service training i was really great at presentation skills training all these mm. thinking, well actually i could probably help the business community i found this difficult on my own and I actually applied the things that i'd learned within corporate to my little business yeah. which made my little business look like a bigger business and then therefore it came a bigger business yeah so i created i was watching the um i was watching the b movie with my kids once we were well everything was settled down and we were singing and things were good we got a house and I got married again we had another baby ivy the foliage to finish my bouquet off <laughs> and um, <laughs> and we were watching the b movie and there's this quote in the b movie and it goes um according to all known laws of aviation a bee aerodynamically shouldn't be able to fly its little wings shouldn't get its fat little body off the ground the bee <laughs> doesn't care what humans think is impossible the bee flies anyway and i was like <gasps> that's it Boom. yeah <laughs> so it was it, it was that right okay so that's the message i get to teach people they get to choose to fly anyway that's a whole that's a whole mood like i'm here for this yeah. so i just started going live i was putting my makeup on in the car before gigs um really to keep myself safe i was playing dressing room roulette and 
I, it was much safer for me and easy for me to get ready in my car with the locks on. And if I went live, then it was like having CCTV. If anyone came and tried to break in, I was safe. You were all watching. <laughs> right, okay. So I put my makeup on. And people are strange, right? They like watching people put makeup on. It's really weird. There's loads of it on YouTube. It's crazy. <laughs> but people would come and watch me put my makeup on. They would come and watch me put my makeup on. And I would talk to them about personal development. I'd talk to them about business i talked to them about the experiences and silly scrapes that i get into and it sort of morphed and we started to talk about you know i am the queen bee and we started to talk about them being the hive and the queen the fellow queen bees or king bees and royal bees as our language has become more inclusive so yeah. i then created the hive which was like our safe space we just riff on things and share and help each other and it was a real safe non-selly networking space and i was like okay well just share your successes and challenges if you're finding something difficult shout out there'll be someone in here that knows that will want to help if yeah, you've yeah. shared your success i'm here with my pom-poms i'm excited for you so yeah. it, we create this really great community and i thought right well how do i monetize this now how do i make this a business because i really really want to provide some value in here and it was taking up a lot of time yeah sure so we started to create packages and courses and things that really sat alongside the ethos of, of the community. So the public speaking, we created Be Heard. Um, for overcoming self-sabotage, which is what my book's about, we created um, Move Be, Get Out The Way, um, <laughs> which is a little course about, uh, a little course, this little mini mastermind happening thing about overcoming self-sabotage. We've yeah. got Be Inspired, which is a, an event that I run twice a year where my speaking graduates from my masterminds go and share their business submissions. And it's such a glorious brand to have created and a movement yeah. to have created now. Yeah, and there's so many elements to it now, which is which is amazing. It's really blossoming. So, okay, couple of couple of questions. Uh, what have you, obviously you've had a lot of challenges. You know, you, you obviously your early life was was quite challenging. Right. In your early sort of your twenties and that. What mm. what is it you learned the most through that time from those challenges? What what you what are your takeaways really? that the people that you surround yourself with are absolutely pivotal in you being able to make any kind of onward movement. So say if you've got a dream and you share with people. So if I, if I was to say to my family and I did like a couple of years ago when I knew where all this, the I am the queen bee stuff was going, yeah. trying to share with my family what it is that I was trying to do. And they didn't understand. They didn't understand the entrepreneurial space. They didn't understand the online space. They didn't understand how, is she even making money? Yeah. Like, is it dodgy? Like, is every, yeah, like, are you okay, hun? Um, like, is it legal what you're doing? I'm like, yes, <laughs> mum, this is a legitimate business. But she <laughs> doesn't understand it. And because she doesn't understand it, it's hard to have meaningful conversations about my onward plans. So what I have is a very, very close circle of business friends who I can share. And they're not just business friends. They're like family. And I know you'll find this. One. You form part of my extended family, my extended circle anyway, with the way that we share our platforms yeah. with each other on a regular basis, because that's what we need to do. We've yeah, both important things to say that are aligned then yeah of course we should yeah. be talking like this regularly it's right because that helps me move forward it helps you move forward and if you're talking to people who don't understand that it can hold you back it's like being on a piece of elastic being pulled back whereas actually if you have those meaningful conversations with people that understand that can move you forward so i think that was one of the key things that i learned is actually that it's not that you have to negate or not tell the people that you love you've almost got to show them after you've done the thing though <laughs> like oh look i did it like 
I tell my mum I'm writing a book and my mum goes, she doesn't get it. Like, are you yeah. writing, you're writing a book? Yes, mum, I'm writing a book. If I tell my friend you're writing a book, like, oh my God, you're writing a book. Yes, that's right. You should be writing a book. You've got a whole... My mum was like, are you sure you'll be able to do that? I'm like, mum, I'm a really good writer. I don't know why you all this. I didn't do badly at school. In fact, I did well at school even when I didn't turn up. It was ridiculous. Brilliant. Um, but me, I turned up and didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was just a proper jammy dodger. I was a proper jammy dodger. So, <laughs> I, I said to my mum, "I'm going to release a book this year." And releasing a book to people that are in my community, that are in my former circles, it's like you don't become authors. Remember, people like us don't do these things, so you don't become an author. Yeah. But I'm still sat here with two books in me and that I've written this year because, but but I'm surrounded by people who are like that are supportive that understand that these are assets that i need to create to share my message and position myself and so yeah that's the the biggest the biggest change up for me was to surround myself with the people that are doing the do to make me remember and allow me to realize that i'm capable when i started i know this sounds like social climbing but it's not I, so take this with the intent that it's that it's delivered um i went to malta last year um with last yeah it was last year god it's gone quick about 18 months ago with about 300 pounds in my bank yeah. and a prayer but the rest of the people that were in, in malta just hanging out were six multiple six and seven figure earners and they were all sat around the table and i'm sat there 300 quid in my bank thinking yeah but then they were all like around the table talking about what it was that they were doing and i thought well that's is that it yeah and it's just that i didn't know I didn't know. So by surrounding with yourself with the people that know, having great mentors, coaches, friends, is it just pays dividends. Yeah. Curating your circle and making sure you're you're with the right people is yeah. oh, just it's everything. But it's very. I think I believe in that one hundred percent. I think it was Jim Rohn who was one of the first sort of uh, philosophers, motivational speakers, whatever you want to call them, yeah. that coined that phrase about you are the sum of the five people. Five you people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's so, so true. But what's really difficult is breaking away from what you've been brought up with and, and yeah. been surrounded with and, and stepping away from that. Right. That is the real challenge. Obviously, mm -hmm. you you know, you were confident enough, brave enough, really, to go, you know what, I want fucking more for my life and my yeah. kids and mm -hmm. me. And I know that I can have more. And you, you, you stepped away, but it's not easy for people to do. No, it's not easy for people to do. And I talk like talking about my mum again. I had to be careful when I first started talking about the fact that we were poor growing up because my mum didn't realise. And I, I was on I was on the radio. I was talking on the radio about my story. My mum listens it. I do that much now that it's noise to my mum. She's oh, what's she doing now? She can't keep up. <laughs> But she just happened to be listening uh, about a year ago. I was on I, I was on the local radio, BBC Radio Lancashire, mm. and they was talking about my story. And um, when I when I said that we grew up poor, she rang me and Sam. She was in tears. Oh god! She was like, oh, "Well, what do you mean we were poor?" I went, "Mum, we lost our house. We couldn't go on holiday anywhere. My my clothes were five cousins' hand me downs. Like yeah. you, we weren't affluent, Mum. We weren't rich people." And she was devastated because her her view of poor is destitute. So her view of poor is that she always made sure we were loved, we were looked after, we were warm, we were fed, we were clothed, and we were well turned out. Our clothes were always clean. Our shoes never had any holes in. You know what I mean? So she was. She in in her 
in her trying, doing the best that she could at the time, she was looking after us. There's never a question of my mum's parenting. No. But we didn't have any money and no one had good money mindset. No one had any extra money. No one had, it was, yeah. you know, we, the, the words we can't yeah. afford. That's all she ever knew. So that's her perspective. Mm -hmm. And this is just how it is. Oh, and she broke a heart. But I, I had to explain to her mum, but that's, but that's maybe that's the realization for you is that yeah. yes, it was, that was not a healthy, it was, we had a healthy child. There were lots of other things that went on, but yeah. we knew we were loved. We knew we were well turned out. I wasn't, I was never ashamed, mm. but we didn't have money, mum. We weren't abundant. We were poor. We lost our house. We, you know, they're like, what, what do you want us? I can't gloss over that because that's an, an integral part of me changing my story and our story now. And I've been in a privileged position now where I've been able to retire my mum and, you know, help my mum now on into a retirement and stuff. And it's huge, huge, big things that you just shouldn't have to worry about money anymore. Yeah. But, but her realisation was, and, and I think this happens for a lot of people as well, is they don't realise that they were in a toxic situation. They don't realise that there was better because they were just getting by. And I think that yeah. self-awareness thing, that becoming aware of your surroundings and, and your yeah. construct, you get much more. When you're in it, when you're in it and it's going on, you, you're not aware. And I've been in a relationship like that, and I'm sure you can, you know, mm -hmm. this maybe resonates with you. When you're in it, you don't see it as toxic. No. And then we get yourself out of it or whatever happens. And then you, you look at yourself and you go, what? what? Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I had that with me and someone said something about a toxic relationship. And I was like, it wasn't toxic. And then when you think about it a bit more and then, you know, you're like, oh shit. Like, yeah. like, oh, that's what gaslighting is. Oh my God. I thought I was crazy. I thought it was me. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's like when you're in it, it's very difficult to, you know, and it's just a division perspective, but everyone's got a different one. So yeah, um, like moving away, moving away from that, it, it was, it, it's just that there are some things that now I can't talk to them about until I've done it. And I yeah. think that, that you don't have to ghost anybody. You don't have to like cut anybody out. You can just not, not you can just not talk to them about those things and then yeah. hang out for as much as it, you know, your energy can allow and then go back to your safe space and carry on cracking on. Yeah. I think that's it, it's managing the energy and, and, and you know the time and what you spend and what you share with those people not that you have to completely ditch them out of your life um you know it's just managing those relationships um so when have you felt in your life most alone because you like you've had a struggle so yeah. what that's quite a deep question quite a personal question but when would you say have you felt most alone um well when i was a single mom um and my kids were tiny so I couldn't go anywhere or do anything and everyone's kind of getting on with their own lives and you're sat there and it's like seven o'clock at night and the kids are in bed and you're just sat and that's night after night after night and it's relentless and I didn't really want to date. I didn't really want to, you know, go on. Well, there wasn't Tinder or anything like that. There was plenty of fish at the time and that's still not choice. You don't find all the choice people there. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I, f forgive me for those of you that have found the loves of your life on plenty of fish yeah. for the moment. Oh, it's not the healthiest space to hang out in. Um, but but I didn't want to do any of that. I did I did want to meet somebody. I didn't want to meet somebody online. I couldn't go out anywhere to meet anybody. So I was only going to ever meet anybody through work. And it just felt lonely. People would they don't people don't check in with you when you're on your own with little kids. They just they just don't. It's because you're just getting on with your life. But for that, that's quite relentless when you're a single parent of babies. And it's 
one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I remember one night, both of them had got a tummy bug. Um, and I, we literally, they were just being, one of them was sick, then the other one was sick, and then the other one pooed through the nappy, then the other one pooed through the nappy. Wow. And I was tired and I was sad and I was feeling sick. So I started being sick and the door was, I remember the door was closed. It was this night of hell. It was oh, disgusting. Man. And we were just in there with towels, but we just couldn't get to the bathroom. We just, I give up cleaning. I just just had clothes, and we were just like taking clothes off, putting new clothes on. In the end, I just left them in their nappies. I was just in my bra and knickers, covered in all sorts. <laughs> it was like dawn in the morning, and I remember cracking the door open like an animal, like this. <laughs> Is it is anybody else in the world alive? Because I think I've ju I've just been in a horror movie. Oh, is kind of how it felt like I was in Saw, and there was just fluids everywhere. It was disgusting. <laughs> but that was like, but but there's nobody there for that. You like for the most part, if you're in a in a loving relationship, you have a partner to yeah. to take in turns. Oh, I'm gonna do. This. You, know, you can't be ill. Yeah. You can't you can't be ill because if you're ill, then who's gonna pick up? the the slack and that 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 i think was the loneliest bit but also the bit that when i yeah. got into a relationship the bit that i had most trouble letting go of the um the independence the doing everything well i do everything anyway yeah. so almost like when i got into the relationship with my now husband like pushing him away at the start he'd come in he'd want to help i mean like, so i've got it and he felt completely redundant <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's it's taking that loneliness, creating it into independence, yeah. and then, then trying to invite people in again, <laughs> pushing it around again, full circle, weird, yeah, yeah, for sure. So flipping that on its head, then, so we've got you know the low, maybe the lowest or the loneliest part. If you could hold on to one memory um, from your from your life forever, uh, what would it be? Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one because <laughs> yeah but sam here's the thing when i learned that gratitude was a fix-all when i learned that you when you are in mm. when you are in gratitude fear and anger cannot live then it makes a massive difference to everything that you do from there on in and i used to live in a lot of fear and i used to live in a lot of worry and anxiety yeah. and i think in learning that I have every day something to be thankful for, even if it's just for the breath in my body for that particular day, to get to something else that I'm going to be thankful for was a massive revelation for me and also something that was pivotal yeah. in creating the life. So the, creating the life that I have now and the life that I'm going to go on to create. Yeah. I think, I think a real pivotal moment, a real pivotal memory for me is that I went to, two years ago, I went to an event and there was like a spiritual spiritual guru there um and she was there to give a talk but she did this meditation and the, this meditation i feel terrible that i've not said my kids or when i got married or anything but it's not they, it's kind of a given that they're like they are like amazing things but <laughs> she, did, she did i feel awful now i love you girls so we went when she did this meditation we all shut our eyes like and i'm down for a bit of meditation and visualization now because i know how helpful it is yeah but what she did is she did some like future you work. She was like, okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to think about where you are now and I want you to like ascend, like come and jump outside of your body if you can imagine that. And then you're going to go higher and higher and higher and higher, higher and then you're going to find this room. And in this room, there is future you. And future you has got a box in their hand. 
and the box in their hand is all of the gifts that you have given them. A future you is happy, a future you is safe, a future you is abundant, a future you is grateful for this gift that you have given them. Have a look in that box. What's in the box? And honestly, like I cried. I was like, oh my God, like what's in the box? Like what can I give them if they're in that place? What are the, what's the possibilities? I got goosebumps just thinking about it, how, how, um, how much of a kind of a light bulb moment that was for me that yeah. I, I am future me now for me 10 years ago. Yeah. And me 10 years ago wasn't a well woman, wasn't a happy woman, was you know, not making good choices and decisions for herself. And she decided for me that she was going to give me a series of gifts. She was going to give me a series of, of actions that she's taken that's going to get me where I am now. And I couldn't love her anymore. And it's the, in that in that realisation, I stopped seeking external validation. I didn't yeah. need it from anybody else because I love me then viciously. Like, I just want to love her. I just want to wrap her up like a burrito and say... <laughs> You are incredible. You don't feel incredible now, but you are incredible. Yeah. And if I feel, if now me feels like that about past me who felt ridiculous and rotten and awful and stupid and ashamed, yeah. and, and I love her and I'm grateful to her for doing all of those things, for surviving all of that. Like, imagine how future me loves me right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, love myself so much. <laughs> I love that. It's like Sarah Parker, isn't it? It's like, I love you, but I love me more. Right. And, and, and future me is, is, is going to hand back this gift to me. And this gift is yeah. going to be all the gifts I've given future me. And that gets me really excited about all the gifts that I'm going to give to future me and all the gifts that I'm going to pick up along the way. And, yeah. and gifts like this friendship and this conversation that I yeah. get to give future me and this connection that you and I have and I just uh, that is one of the most powerful powerful things that I've experienced wow, what a great memory I've not heard that like I heard it done like that so do you remember who it was the guru who was it oh and I want to like I, I, I will remember the event was the capsule event uh, Natalie Anderson formerly of Emmerdale um as a fashion uh, a fashion and wellness magazine online magazine now called the capsule and she had an event last year in Leeds um, so I will track. I will track her down. Oh, yeah. She's Meditation is something I'm working on. So um, yeah, it's I'll hard get... when your mind is busy and you're doing great things. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's something that I want to conquer because I know how valuable it is. I've read a lot about it. I know a lot of great people use it. So yeah, I will get there with it. So I just need to keep working on it. Um, okay, so we need to kind of wrap it up a little bit, but I want to ask you some couple of quick fire questions. Really quickly, um, what is something that people seem to misunderstand about you? They think I'm confident. They think I'm. They think just because I'm extroverted, then that equates confidence, but it doesn't. Uh, extroversion is how you get your energy. I get my energy from other people, and then right. I need to go and like be on my own for a little bit. So when I'm owning a space, it's confidence that you're seeing, but that does not yeah. mean to say that when you meet me in a group that I'm going to own that group space. I want to weigh everybody up. I want to know what my space is there. So you might find me when you meet me that I'm a little bit quieter than what maybe I am in terms of being on stage or all of that sort of stuff. And then that's often a misconception yeah. that they think yeah. I'm loud. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know somebody, a very powerful woman, similar to yourself, and she's exactly the same. And I'm the same. I'm an extrovert. I get my energy from people, but I'm probably still a bit loud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, 
Oh, I am with the same people for sure. But yeah. then if I'm in a new place with new people and I want to weigh up where I am, then I very, yeah. very much want to assess and 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 analyze and be and just be cool with me in my space. So yeah, I'm not as I'm not as loud as people think I am. What okay, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Oh man, when I'm talking to like minds like this right now, when we're just in front, <laughs> we're trying to like, isn't this just brilliant? We're working. This is me and you at work right now. Stop it. Like, we're just playing on Facebook and StreamYard and podcasting. Oh, yeah. What? Man, no. That's why I love podcasting, because I, I did a podcast with two of my really good business friends last week. I said, look, we've got to get this done in, like, 40 minutes. We talked for about an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. It was just brilliant. And I just think got to get to do this as part of my work and I absolutely love it. It's just speaking to like-minded people with great stories, great ideas. Yeah, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So thank you for mentioning that. Okay, <laughs> three. These are the quick ones. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Fly anyway. Fly what? anyway. Hashtag fly anyway. So fly that could be subliminal where people are driving past that. They can think, what does fly yeah. anyway mean? They can work out what it means to them. You and I know it means that you can you can do whatever the F you want. Yeah, love it, love it. Okay. Uh, best compliment you've ever received? Uh, everybody compliments me on my energy, and I think I can't think of more beautiful things to be complimented on. Yeah, I get that as well. It's lovely, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. What would your last meal be if you was on death row? Not that you, yeah. you ever are. Okay, so I'm. I would like. I would want to go to like the Fat Duck, and go and experience have a food experience. The Fat Duck is Heston Blumenthal's. Um, ah, okay. I was like this restaurant, and so it's like food as an experience. So I think if I'm yeah. on my way out, I want to have an experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And where, is where, where is that one, Fat Duck? I, Bray. I don't know where Bray is, but it's in Bray. Oh, one like Cornwall Way or somewhere like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know where I don't know where Bray is, but it's called the Fat Duck at Bray, and that's the right. only reason why I know where it is. <laughs> okay, I'm coming with you when you go. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like 350 pounds for go and eat for the night, but that's I'm here. Okay. The last meal is fine. <laughs> okay, what was the last gift you gave to someone? Um. Oh, uh, for the Rockstar Level Up Mastermind that I'm running now uh, with my incredible friend uh, Nikki James, we did yeah. two lots of gifts. We did a posh gift, which Nikki curated, and I got to do a silly gift, which was like Christmas jumpers and light up stuff and dealy boppers. And it was the gift of fun and Kazuoki from the Tesco's, which is one of the best games I've ever come across. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I knew it would be fun, whatever you've given it. <laughs> I knew it would be fun. Okay. All right. Okay. That's the silly, fun, quick questions. One final question, really, okay. I guess, which is, is an obvious question about what's next for you? What does 2021 hold? Oh, oh if I told you, I'd have to kill you some. Yeah. <laughs> so, so next year, um, next year's about replicating the trajectory that we that I've just created this year. So there is some top secret TV work um, that I'm currently working on that you will all be able to see in the spring of next year, which is very, very exciting. Uh, but I have to sign NDAs. And the only thing that I can say is that I'm going to be on the telly. Um, there, which has been a huge goal of mine. Um, there will be more singing in 2021. There will be um, be inspired. We're going to get that in real life in rooms again with people. So oh, I'm excited great. to oh, be in rooms with people again. Yeah. Um, 
And then just more of the same, like just getting these incredible courses out there, these incredible masterminds that I run out there and changing more people's lives as more and more people learn about the I Am The Queen Bee movement. It's, it's more of that. Um, so, yeah, exciting. And possibly book number three, but my husband might divorce me because I try to write these things in a few weeks. I know, I was, I was there for the journey of the last one. I was there for the journey of the last one. It was bloody There's a lot of coffee. There's a lot of coffee. It was brilliant. You did amazing. You smashed it out of the park. I mean, but maybe there's got to be a better way. I keep thinking I'm just going to take myself off to some Greek island right here. Yeah, I got rid of the kids for a couple of days. But yeah. then when they got back, and then it took me another sort of two and a half weeks. Quite cathartic yeah. writing a book. I didn't realise it was going to be. Oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to write a book. Great experience. Sorry? It was a great experience. Great experience. Yeah. Well, I've always put it off and always not felt good enough. I didn't have the ability to do it. But 2021, I'm making it happen. So, yes. And now I sort of lie in bed thinking, a bit like you, well, I've got two or three books I think I could write. Because you said to me that you're going to write at least two books. And I'm like, no, I ain't going to write any books. But now I'm like, you know what? I think she's right. Yeah. Um, as I've written a, a small book on speaking called Closed Mouths Don't Get Fed, and then the Overcoming Self-Sabotage one is called I Am The Queen Bee, How I Overcame Self-Sabotage. And then the next one I want to write is called is going to be called Don't Blow It. <laughs> so right. once you've created that success, like how do you not F it up? I love that title. I find titles really easy. To, I've got like about 10 or 15 titles. No, no you can write 10 or 15 books then, it's fine. Just just titles, no content. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy them anyway, Sam. Oh, bless you. I've sold at least five to my family. <laughs> so if anyone wants to get in touch with you and the stuff that you do, how, how do they obviously put stuff in the show notes? Um, but how do people get in contact with you and get, you know, have a look at what you offer and how you can help? So you can find me across the socials at the Queen Bee Danny. That's my handle for everything. So Instagram. So I hang out on stories, on reels, on IGTV over there. Uh, every day, Monday to Friday on Facebook, because I'm an idiot, at 9.30, I have a show that I do. I mean, even on Christmas Day, I'm doing the Queen's Speech on Christmas no. Day. Wise Up Rise Up show where I interview uh, incredible entrepreneurs, inspirational people, motivational people every single morning, Monday to Friday on the Queen Bee Danny page on Facebook. That is, and you're carrying that on right through to into 2021. The show, yeah, yeah. We started it in uh, the start of lockdown to get me out of bed in the morning, and it kind of became oh, yeah. a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It was a lockdown thing, wasn't it? And now you've got to keep going with it. Yeah, I can't stop. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good fun, and I, I feel privileged. I've been on it a couple of times, and yeah, it's a great show. So I think I think that's probably one of the best things you know that I've seen you do. It's just full of energy and great guests and. You know, I think that's going to really blow up in, in uh, 2021. That's why I'm holding on. Like, I think if all the things that I've got planned in 2021 are going to kick off, then I need to keep hold of the show because the show's going to be a whole mood. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Hey, Danny, that is, thank you so much for being on. I really, really appreciate it. Taking your time out of your day. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the amazing Queen Bee, Danny Wallace. Um, go check her out at the Queen Bee. You can find her, like she says, on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. And her show is on at 9.30 every morning on Facebook. You've been listening to It Starts With You. My name is Sam Adams. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can visit my website, sam-adams.com, where you can find information about my coaching and my speaking. 
If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast and future guests, then please visit our Facebook page, It Starts With You, and also our Instagram page, It Starts With You podcast. Thanks very much and have a great day.